Good morning, church. Welcome to the house of the Lord. Are you excited to be here? So two weeks ago, we started a new series. Uh, I believe Steve started us off with uh, the attributes of fire. And the first attribute of fire we saw was regeneration. He spoke to us about how a bushfire sometimes decimates a whole forest, but then that gives an opportunity for, for the land to spring uh, again and to come up with new life. And, and, and all the plant regenerates and comes back to life. And then Re last week, spoke to us about a comforting uh, attribute of fire. Now, I have spent two uh, harsh winters in Minnesota, and I cannot tell you how comforting it is to get into the house and sit beside a fire. Uh, so she highlighted the, uh, the Psalms 23 how the Lord is our shepherd and how he leads us besides still waters, comforts us, and uh, gives our soul rest. So comforting is the second attribute of fire that we saw. And as we continue today, the third attribute of fire we are going to see is purifying. Fire purifies. Uh, One of the songs we sang today speaks about a faith that is tested that is of more worth than gold. That's a scripture from First uh, Peter where Peter, sto- Peter talks about uh, and encourages the, the disciples and the saints through the hearts and the, the trials and the hardships that they are passing through. And he encourages them that your faith is of more worth than gold. So today we are going to see uh, this new uh, attribute of fire purifying so purifying at the outset let me say this purifying is a process it's a process it's the, the the transformation of a person from the state of impurity to a state of purity there's a slide which shows the process purification is a process it takes time it's something that we need uh, to take uh, one step at a time. So it speaks, uh, Steve spoke to us about regeneration and the, the, the scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, where the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. And behold, all things have passed away and all things have become new. That is the moment of regeneration. And at the moment of regeneration, what happens is that our spirit gets connected with God the Father, with the glory of God. But then the body, the flesh, the soul is the same flesh, it's the same soul that we've been carrying. And all of a sudden, we have this new creation within us who has now crowned God as a ruler. And then there is the body and the soul which is accustomed to the, to the ways of the, the, the flesh and the world. And all of a sudden, there is a conflict and a divided kingdom within us. So purification is about the soul and the mind catching up to this new creation that, that is within us. That's purification. That's a process. So today, the leading text we are going to use is John chapter 21 from verse 15 
to 19, and we are going to look at the life of Peter. Let's read the scripture. John 21, verse 15, it reads from the New King James Version. So when they had eaten breakfast, this is Jesus and his disciples after the resurrection, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than this? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Verse 18, most assuredly, I say to you, or in the King James Version, truly, truly, I say unto you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This he spoke, signifying by what death he would glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he said to him, follow me. So what does this story of Peter has to do with purification? Bear with me as we go on and explore this. Now, the Bible records many private conversations between Jesus and Peter. This particular conversation that we just read happened after the resurrection. Jesus has come back from the dead. And the last time Peter had a private dialogue, a private conversation with Jesus was before he was apprehended by by the Roman authorities and the Jewish uh, authorities. And during that conversation, it so happened that Jesus broke it to him, to Peter, that he was going to deny him, that he was going to deny him three times before a rooster crowed. Now, one day after they had breakfast, this is after the resurrection, Jesus initiates a private conversation with Peter, and he asks him three times whether he loves him. And Peter affirms three times that he indeed loved him. Now, each time he affirmed his love to Jesus, what came from Jesus was not a rebuke like it used to happen in the past. What came to him, what came out of Jesus' mouth this time was that Jesus was giving him an assignment. Every time he declared his love to him. Now, there is a lot to uncover in this particular conversation. Why did Jesus ask him three times that he loved him? I don't want to get into that. I want to skip to verse 18 because that's where I want to get for, for this particular message on purification. So as this conversation continued, on verse 18, Peter, uh, Jesus says to Peter, Most assuredly I say unto you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you carry you where you do not wish. Now, we are explicitly told in the Bible 
that Jesus spoke this concerning by what manner of death Peter was going to glorify uh, God. Now we know from church history that Peter was crucified upside, upside down and that the stretching, the stretching forth of the hands signified the crucifixion, that Peter was going to be crucified. But I believe there is a deeper, uh, much deeper spiritual meaning to what Jesus said to Peter here, aside from signifying by what manner of death he was going to glorify God. Now, the more I read this scripture, the more I realize that Jesus was not only speaking concerning Peter's death, but he was giving Peter a summary of his life, his past, and his future. Now, if you were Peter at this moment in time, you would be wondering about the future of your life. He knows that yesterday he had denied Jesus three times, and he couldn't defend Jesus in in the face of trials and tribulations that came to him. He knows from his past life that his life was like a flip-flop. One time he's there, one time he's there. One time he receives a message from God. He opens himself up to God and declares that Jesus is the Son of God. And then another moment, the same Peter opens up himself to the devil and rebukes Jesus that he should not go and die and be crucified. You see this dual identity that he is there and then he is there. And Jesus had to rebuke Peter many times when you read the Bible and the private conversations that Peter and Jesus had. So at this moment, you would be wondering, even after the resurrection, if you were Peter, you would be wondering, what's going to be my end? How, how, am I go- is my life going to end through glorifying God? Or is my life going to end up like Judas the Iscariot, who killed himself, who, who, who is uh, cut off from, from eternal life because of what, what he did and the decisions that he, he, he made? So how relieving would it be for you to hear Jesus himself speak about your future? So that's what Jesus is doing in verse 18 when he says to him, Most assuredly I say unto you, when you were younger, you girded yourself and walked where you wished. That's his past. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. So here comes the message on purification. The life of Peter is a perfect example of the purifying power of God. You can literally literally trace Peter's life and see his change, how he is developing, how he is changing. And the Peter that Jesus met on a boat in Luke chapter 5, and the Peter that Jesus is speaking with in John chapter 21, and the Peter that we read about in the book of Acts, they are totally different. Yes, he is the same Peter physically, but spiritually he has been transformed. He is no longer the the Peter that was flip-flopping. He is now the Peter who could stand before, before kings and rulers and declare the name of Jesus, that it's only through him that people could be saved. So the first time that Jesus had a dialogue with Peter was in Luke chapter 5. There Jesus came into Peter's boat and he asked him to push it out into the water, and then he preached from Peter's boat. And as soon as he finished preaching, he then asked Peter and his colleagues 
to go into the deep waters and cast their nets so that they could fish. But the thing is, Peter and his colleagues, they've been fishing. They've been trying all night, and they did not catch any fish. So Jesus asked him to cast their nets. Peter finally agrees to do that. He says, at thy word, I will cast my nets. And he did that, and to his surprise, on a broad daylight, they caught a boatload of fish until their nets began to break. And they were all astonished and marveled at this, at this miracle, at what happened. But then immediately, another miracle happens there. Something even more amazing than the boatload of fish that they were able to catch, defying all expectations. And this miracle is that Peter feels convicted. Peter looks into himself after catching all those, all those fishes and, and all, after all that miracle that he just witnessed. He sees into Jesus, he sees into the miracle, and then he sees into himself, and he feels convicted. Jesus has not said anything to him. It was just his goodness that convicted him. And then Peter says to Jesus, depart from me, for I am a sinner. Jesus did not preach to him. He did not preach to him about sin. He did not preach to him how all people have sinned and have fallen from the glory of God. It was just his goodness that convicted him. Have you ever been convicted by the goodness of God without him uttering any word? Have you ever prayed for God to smite you or to punish you and then God instead blesses you? And then his blessing convicts you. I remember watching this movie, Bruce Almighty, where Jim Carrey says he's furious and angry with God and says, smite me, almighty smiter. (laughs) And then God appears to him at a latter date and says to him, now I'm not much into blasphemy, but that one got me laughing. (laughs) He was praying for God to smite him. But then God appears to him, and he blesses him. He shows him grace. That's exactly what happened here. Peter sees the blessing. He sees the miracle. And then he looks at himself. He sees the purity of the person, Jesus Christ, sitting right there. He sees the miracle, and then he sees himself. And he feels convicted by the goodness of the Lord. That's the initial encounter that Peter had with Jesus. Now, the life of Peter from birth to the time of John 21 is what I would roughly characterize as his youth or his past. Though we don't, though we don't really know about the life of Peter before his initial encounter with Jesus, we, we get a clue, we get an idea of what, what kind of life he lived from, 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 the very, from some of the time that he spent with Jesus. So Jesus characterizes Peter's past, past life in the following words. He says to him, when you were young, I have another slide that will show you. This is Peter's past, and this is how Jesus characterizes it. When you were young, you girded yourself. You walked where you wished. You can immediately understand here that it's all about Peter. It's him waking up in the morning, clothing himself, 
making his own decisions, going about wherever he wants to be. He is the one who makes the decision how he is going to spend his day. He is the one who clothes himself. He is the one who, 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 who comes up with the, with the agenda and the plans and the purpose for his life. Whatever benefits him works for him. So this stage of Peter's life, which Jesus describes as being young, is, is characteristic of the li- a life that is focused on the self. Peter was the central figure of his life, of his past life. It was all about him. He wakes up in the morning, clothes himself. He makes the decision on his life without consulting anybody or anyone, without using any other point of reference apart from himself. He goes wherever he wishes. He talks however he wishes. He spends time with whomever he wishes. It's all about him. It's all about what makes him happy. It's all about what lightens his mood for the day. It's all about what's best for him. And it's all about what he thinks is best. And from this kind of life, you will see an impurity manifesting itself. One day after the Lord washed the feet of his disciples and he had dinner with them in in the book of John chapter 13, he began to talk about his crucifixion and how he is going to uh, come back from the dead and be resurrected. And then Peter asks him, where are you going, Lord? To which Jesus replies, where I am going, you cannot follow me right now. But later on, you can follow me. Then Peter replies, Lord, why, why can I not follow you now? I will lay down my life for your sake. Peter is still suffering from the bravado syndrome. And he thinks he can do it by himself. He has not yet come to the revelation of the knowledge that it's not by power, nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. This conversation did not end well for him. Jesus broke it to him that he was going to deny him three times before a rooster crowed. Now, having been rebuked with such a devastating word coming from the master, from the teacher himself, you would expect Peter would be crushed. But then, now having heard when the Roman soldiers and the Jewish authorities came to apprehend Jesus, Peter sees an opportunity to prove himself. And guess what he did? He drew a sword and struck the high priest's servant and he cut off his ear, trying to defend that, you know what? I'm going to live up to my word. I'm going to stick to you up to the cross. And then he chops off the ear of one of the high priest's servants, still thinking that he can do it. There was also a time when Jesus had to rebuke Peter saying, get thee behind me, Satan. Because Peter tried to rebuke Jesus for saying that he was going to be crucified, that he was going to die and be raised. And so Peter thinks he was being comforting, but he was vulnerable to being manipulated by his own emotions and by Satan. That was Peter being youth. That was Peter being young. It's all about him. It's all about what he thinks he can do. 
He has got no other point of reference apart from himself. But thank God Jesus spoke and prophesied about his future. And this is his future. We have another slide. And this is how Jesus characterized Peter's future. So Jesus says to him, when you are old, you will stretch out your hands. And another will gird you and carry you where you do not wish. This stage of Peter's life, which Jesus describes as as being old, is characteristic of a life that is focused on something bigger than himself, something bigger than the self, something bigger than Peter himself. This is a life that surrenders to the will of God. Jesus is not talking about uh, the physical age or the number of years uh, of Peter. He's not talking about when you become 70, 80, 90. No. You can be young and old at the same time. You can be youth, but yet when, when your life is discerned spiritually, you are as old as you can get. So Jesus characterizes this life as being old. So now he's not waking up and dressing himself. He wakes up and stretches out his arms. That's a life of surrender. He is surrendering. He is waiting and expecting for someone to come up and give him a purpose for life. It's no longer about him walking into the world with his own agendas, but it's about him calling into another bigger agenda. It's all about him surrendering himself to God and waiting and expecting to be clothed from on high with the purpose and with the plan of God for the day. This is a life that acknowledges God as being the ultimate point of reference against which you measure your life and actions and decisions. This is a life that is lived for the glory and honor of God. This is a life that is lived by the power of God himself and not by self-strength. This is a life that is centered on Christ and knows and acknowledges that it's all about him. It's all for him and it's all from him. So in the book of Acts, you begin to see this chapter of Peter's life begin to unfold. Now he has been purified out of the self, out of the self-pravado, out of what he thinks he can do, out of that selfish nature and character which thinks that it's all about him. In the book of Acts, the Peter that you see is totally different. After the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Peter stood before thousands of people and sometimes before the Jewish authorities and boldly pro- proclaims the gospel. He was no longer a slave to sin or fear. He is now filled with the Holy Spirit. He has now been clothed from on high. The Holy Spirit is now leading him. It's no longer him waking up and going his own way. It's the Holy Spirit strengthening him, giving him the agenda and the plan and the purpose for the day. And he walks according to that plan and purpose. So God can now send him to wherever he wishes. 
because the first thing that Peter does now in his old age is to wake up and stretch forth his hands, waiting to be clothed by God himself. So how did this happen? How did this transformation take place? Let's quickly see two things. The first thing is the word of God. The word of God is the agent that God uses to purify us. It's the bleaching agent that God uses to purify our soul. In John chapter 17, verse 17, Jesus prays and says, Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. The word of God is what sanctifies us. It's what purifies us. And in Psalms 119, verse 9, the scripture declares, How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. It's the word of God that, that purifies us. It's, it's the word of God that purifies the soul, that cleanses the soul. If you keep pouring water into a, cup of, uh, into a cup full of dirty water, if you keep pouring pure water into it, ultimately that water is going to become clean. The dirt will, will, will gradually be removed. With every drop of pure water that enters the glass, is pushed out a measure of impurity. The word of God works the same way. Jesus never stopped pouring words into Peter's life, into his disciples, and Peter must have benefited from sitting under Jesus' feet and listening and soaking up his word and being refreshed. Yes, he has not walked at times according to the word, but that didn't matter because With every drop of the word of God that was entering him, a measure of impurity was being removed from his life. So Peter benefited from from this. The word kept him going. It's the same thing for you and me. We could be struggling at times in our lives. There there could be trials and challenges that we'd be passing through. And it may seem that our coming to church or spending time with the word is not working. But church, keep doing it. Keep doing it. There will come a time when you will find yourself on top, when you will come yourself having tri- when you will see yourself having triumphed over the challenges and the tribulations of life, the things that you used to that you were no longer that you were never able to do, you will find them being easy, easily done, and easily you can you can easily face those challenges which you could not have faced in, in your life past. Because there is a measure of strength, a measure of purity that is entering your soul every time you sit down and spend time with the Holy Spirit and with his word. The second thing is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is always working in conjunction with the word. You cannot separate the Holy Spirit from the written word of God. Jesus and the Holy Spirit are always together. So the indwelling of the Holy Spirit also brings holiness and purity into our life. Pure are the thoughts that come from the Holy Spirit that you will never be wrong obeying the Holy Spirit. Pure are the actions that you undertake having heard from the Holy Spirit. So Peter, in the book of Acts, was always obeying the Holy Spirit. And that purity that we see in Peter's life in the book of Acts 
is the purity that he, that he has been clothed with from on high, from the Holy Spirit. Now, before we pray, I want to call the band up here, and I want to finish by reading the following interesting story that I found on the internet. This is going to bless you. It says, there was a group of women in a Bible study on the book of Malachi. As they were studying chapter 3, they they came across verse 3, which says, he will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. This verse puzzled the women, and they wondered what this statement meant about the characteristics and nature of God. One of the women offered to find out about the process of refining silver and get back to the group in the next Bible study. That week, this woman called up a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him at work. She didn't mention anything about the reason of her interest in silver beyond her curiosity about the process of refining silver. As she watched the silversmith, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. He explained that in refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest as they burn away all the impurities. That woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. When she thought again about the verse that he sits as a refiner and purifier of silver, she asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time. The sil- she, she asked the silversmith if it was true that he had to sit there in front of the fire the whole time the silver was being refined. The man answered that, yes. He not only had to sit there holding the silver, but he had to keep his eyes on the silver the entire time it was in the fire. If the silver was left even for a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment. Then she asked the silversmith, how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and said, oh, that's easy, when I see my image in it. If today you are feeling the heat of the fire, remember that God has his eyes on you and will keep watching you until he sees his image in you. Isn't that beautiful? The transformation of Peter is exactly what happened, is is exactly like what happened to this silver. Progressively, Peter was being transformed from being Peter into the image and likeness of Jesus Christ, even to the point of death. Let's all pray. Just take a moment to present yourself to the Lord and ask him to purify you. In which area of your life are you looking to be purified? In which area of your life do you need the Holy Spirit to come in this morning? The Bible says, ask and you shall receive, and seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. In which area of your life are you expecting the Holy Spirit 
are you expecting God to purify you? Let's do one thing in faith. Just like Peter used to stretch out his hands. I want to encourage you in your seated position to stretch out your arms to the Lord. Just as a sign of our surrender to him. Oh Jesus. Father, we pray this morning. You are the purifier. You are pure and you purify. The more we take you, the more our life is purified, Lord. The more we surrender to you, the more our life becomes pure. The more our thoughts become pure. The more our actions become pure. In obedience to your word, Lord. We stretch out our hands by faith in surrendering to you, Lord. Whatever you think will purify us, Lord. We want to say yes to you. We want to agree with you, Lord, this morning. We want to agree with you to be purified. To be purified, to be, to be clothed from on high. Lord, We no longer want to live that life, that past life where it's all about us. There is no life in that. There is no life in that. Life is in obeying you. Life is in living according to your purpose and plans for our life. Father, Holy Spirit, we pray that your Holy Spirit, that your Spirit would indwell us this morning. That you would send your word to purify us. That you would use the trials and challenges that we face every day to purify us, Lord. Purify us until our image becomes the image of Christ Jesus that you long to look, and to look into, Lord. Let the self-image be destroyed, Lord. The image of Christ instead be installed into our life into our path. Purify us through your word. Purify us through worship. Purify us through prayer. Purify us through the the preaching of the word. Purify us through the listening of the word. Purify us through the fellowship that we have had with one another. Purify us, Lord, as we gather together to worship you. Let your word keep pouring into our life. Let your spirit keep washing over us, Lord. We won't give up. We won't give up. We have seen Peter being transformed. If he can be transformed, so can we. So can we, Lord. For you are not a respecter of person. What you did for Peter, you can do it for me. You can do it for my brothers. You can do it for my sisters. You can do it for your sons and daughters, Lord. We just surrender ourselves to you today. We stretch forth our hands. You clothe us. You guide us. You show us the way. You lead us where to go. You lead us what to speak. 
we just totally surrender to you, Lord. For you are pure and you purify. For you are pure and you purify. We bless you, Lord. We adore you. Thank you for you have done this. Thank you for you are moving right now. Thank you for you are purifying the souls and minds and hearts of your people right now. Thank you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.